Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, hello, everybody. I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, as we um, are just a couple days past Christmas, and we're looking now into the new year, 2016. Wow, can you believe that? 2016 is here. I want to talk to you today about how to stay spiritually focused in 2016. Because here's what I, here's what I know about you and about me. With all this going on in the world around us, and then also what's going on with our families and what's going on inside of us, if we're not spiritually focused, then we're going to lose hope, and we're going to be uh, we're going to eat we're going to be eaten up with fear and anxiety and so forth. So I want to help you walk into 2016 with confidence. And so today I want to talk to you about three things that's going to help you stay spiritually focused. Now. Before I go any further, I want to give you the one line that I want you to remember. If you don't remember anything else I say today, I want you to remember this one thing, and that is this. To refuel spiritually, I have to replay God's promises daily. Let me say that again. To refuel spiritually, I have to replay God's promises daily. Now, that is the truth, uh, is that if, if you're going to live a life that you're spiritually fueled, is that you have to learn, you and I have to learn to, re, to rely on God's promises daily because the world around us uh, is going crazy, and we have to have something to keep us uh, online and in track, or we will find ourselves uh, drifting and living in fear and anxiety. So I want, us to, I want us as believers to walk into this new year with confidence. And so again, I want to go right back into the, to the Christmas story because there's something about this story that uh, happens after Christmas that I think many of us miss it. And so today I want to share that with you. Uh, and so the first verse that I have that I want to read with you, to you is about Mary. Now, this verse is actually, let me just give you a little background. Uh, in the Christmas story, you've heard how the shepherds, after Jesus was born, how the shepherds were, uh, saw an angel in the field and, and how the, you know, the heavens opened up and a heavenly choir sang to them and uh, glory to God in the highest and all this stuff and peace on earth, good will toward men. But after that, the shepherds went to Bethlehem and found Jesus and they began to declare to, to Mary and Joseph and all those that was around what the angels had said to them. So everything I'm talking to you about today is what happened after Christmas. And I think it's a good point because many of us 
have worked really hard living up, moving up to Christmas, and we, we have the day, and maybe, maybe, the day, you know, maybe after it's over, all the presents are open and unwrapped, and, and, uh, you know, and, and you've given the gifts, and, and now it's like a downer on the other side, right? And so let's talk about how, what we do after Christmas, and that's what we want to look at today. So in Luke chapter 2, it says this, Luke chapter 2, 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary, notice this, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And thought about them often. Now this, this is so key here. This, again, this is after Christmas. From this story, I want to tell you three things that I think will help you Stay spiritually focused in 2016. And the first one is this. The first thing is this, is let go of the pain of my past. Let go of the pain of my past. Now, many of you don't understand, may not realize this, but Mary had a, 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 about a 12-month period there in her life that was filled with pain. Let me just remind you of the story, okay? So... An angel of God appears to Mary and says, you know, you are favored of God. You're going to conceive a child, and the child's going to be born to you, and he's going to be called the Son of God. And Mary's like, whoa, God, I'm not worthy, but Lord, if you say so, I'm willing to bear this burden. And it was very exciting. She was excited about the promised Messiah. But right after that, Mary was excited about what God had promised her, but no one else was. Matter of fact, after Mary became uh, impregnated by the Holy Spirit, then she had, to, she had to explain to her parents what had happened. And so she gave the line to her parents that an angel come to me and the Holy Spirit's impregnated me, so I'm going to have a child. Immediately she was rejected by her parents. They did not buy the God line. And neither would you and neither would I. And so she had the pain of rejection from her parents. Then after that, then she comes to Joseph. And Joseph, you know, she's engaged to be married to Joseph. And, and in their day and time, you know, she was betrothed, which means that they, had, they were basically committed. It was like they were married already. They just hadn't done the ceremony, and they hadn't started living together yet. It was a, it was a deep engagement. Matter of fact, this engagement was so, and so strong, this engagement was so strong that they actually had to uh, get, a get a legal divorce after you were betrothed to someone. So Mary and Joseph had that relationship going on. They were, they were engaged, they were about to get married, and then she, Joseph finds out that she's expecting a child as well. And she tells Joseph the same story. You know, an angel come to me, the Holy Spirit impregnated me, and this is God's child within me. I've not been with a man. And Joseph said what every man would say. Yeah, right. And so she had the pain of rejection from Joseph. And Joseph, 
you know, he said, hey, I don't believe this God story. And so then not only did she have the pain of that, but she also had the pain of carrying this child by being rejected by people. Matter of fact, the people of her day, when they understood that she was pregnant without a father, then they wanted to stone her because they felt like she had been loose. And so the law said that she should be stoned. And so she actually had to live in kind of a hiding to do this. And then so she had to, and, and you ladies that have had children, you know what it's like to bear a child nine months. Can you imagine to uh, carry a child within your womb nine months and no one, no one to talk to about it? No one to encourage you. No one to get excited with you about the baby's clothes and how it's going to look and, and all these things. But everywhere you went was rejection. And that's what Mary had. Was constant pain. Not even including the pain of, of actually you know, having to ride on the back of a donkey for about 25 miles from Bethlehem. Uh, to Bethlehem, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, because uh, Joseph's taxes were due and he had to go and give account and be accounted for. And so he had to go there to, to fulfill his obligation. And so Mary had to ride on the back of a donkey and at about nine months pregnant and, and the pain of that. And then also the pain of her living in a Having the baby, you know, the baby's coming while they're in Bethlehem and there's no room in the hotels, the end, as the scripture says. And so the only place that she can find shelter, that Joseph can find shelter, is in a stable, a stinking stable with animals. And Mary had Jesus, gave birth to the Son of God in a stinking stable. Again, the severity of the pain was horrendous, but I'm sure the smell of the urine and the feces of that stable reeked in her mind, and it added to the pain. So Mary's life was full of pain. So look what the scripture says in Luke 2 and 18 again. It says this, All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Were astonished. You know, what's amazing to me is that they were astonished. Mary wasn't astonished. She would already knew what God had said. But finally, somebody was coming and reaffirming that and saying, letting everybody know that this was a child of God. See, Mary had pain that Advil couldn't do anything for. Mary had pain that Tylenol couldn't touch. Mary had pain that Jack Daniels couldn't sway. And Mary had a pain that cocaine could not make go away. She had real pain. She had pain inside of her. You see, she could, not, uh, she could not drown her sorrows with anything else, with medication or anything else. Mary had a deep pain. And this is what I want you to know. Mary's pain re reliever was to rejoice in God. What, and it, Mary's, Mary's, let me say it this way one more time. Listen to this. I'm going to read what I just written, that wrote down. Mary's pain reliever was to rejoice in what God had done for her instead of resenting what people had done to her. How about that? Her pain reliever was not focusing so much more on what had been done to her, but what God had done for her. 
And so that is, a, that is a secret that the world is looking for, and many people that you know and I know are trying to drown their sorrows with alcohol. They're trying to drown it with a drug. They're trying to find a way around this pain. But I'm telling you, we learn to release that pain by rejoicing in what God has done for us instead of, instead of rolling in what people have done to us. You see, resentment destroys the human personality. Isn't that true? I mean, don't, isn't there people that you know that, are, that have been happy people, they're, they've been great people to be around, but all of a sudden life comes their way and they go through pain and difficulty, and maybe it's you, and the person that was so joyous before is now a person that's bitter. It, it ruins the human personality. Resentment doesn't change the person who harmed you. Resentment changes you. So before I go on any further, I'm just going to ask you something. What pain do you need to let go of? What pain do you need to let go of today? Because it's eating you. And it's robbing you of your joy. And it's robbing you of what, the person that you want to be. So what do you need to let go of? You see, the, the psalmist said this in Psalms 13 and 5. He said, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. Mary's great secret after Christmas. And maybe, maybe even Christmas was painful for you. Maybe, you know, maybe someone that, you know, maybe your spouse didn't, didn't even think about you at Christmas. Maybe they didn't, you know, maybe you didn't get a thoughtful gift. Maybe it was, you know, maybe your children didn't think about you. You know, uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're sitting here today and maybe your parents didn't think about you. And, you. and you're reeling from that pain right now. What I want to tell you, the way that you get over that and the way you let it go is you have to change the channel. And the way that you change the channel is you begin to think about and thank God for the things that He's done for you and, and, and quit thinking about what the people, other people have done to you. See what I'm saying? Now, let's talk about Mary. How did she do that? See, Mary began to think about, she didn't just dwell on the pain. She, she, dwelled, she uh, chose to dwell on the victory. Watch what happened here. Remember how the angel of God come and talked to her? First of all, she said, God, thank you that you sent an angel to tell me this. Thank you, God, that you didn't just all of a sudden let me show up with a baby that, and, and, and no explanation, but you sent you send an angel and forewarned me. Thank you for that. God, thank you that when Joseph was about to get rid of me and he was about to put me away and I could not explain myself and he didn't understand that you sent an angel to Joseph. God, thank you for that. God, thank you that when we were on our way to Bethlehem, God, that, that on that bumpy ride and, and, and Lord, you kept us safe, you kept me safe, and, and thank you so much that you let us arrive in Bethlehem safely. God, thank you that even though there was no place to go, and Lord, we went into a stable, and, and, and your son was born there. Thank you that you protected us there. Thank you that you provided what needed to be, that my, this, your son, Jesus, come into this world healthy. Thank you that your hand was all over me, even though, even though the pain was around me. That's the secret. That's changing the channel. God, your hand, your hand was upon me even though pain was all around me. And God, I choose to look for your hand instead of looking at the pain. 
That's the secret of letting go. Now, I have a challenge for you. I want you to do this because, we're, again, we're talking about, you know, how to stay spiritually focused in 2016. Watch this. I want you to, I, I challenge you, and I'm asking you, will you do this? I want everyone to get a, a jar. I want you to get a little vase or jar or something. I want you to put it on your kitchen counter somewhere, and I want you to put a, a little, piece of, little piece of paper, like a little sticky pad or something beside it. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to keep up what God has done for you this year. Every time that something good happens in your life or in your family's life, I want you to just write that down and I want you to put it in that jar. I want, this is going to be your blessings jar for 2016. And I'm asking you to do this. Listen, matter of fact, I'm asking you right now, when, the, when you get finished watching this today, I'm asking you to go right now and find you something. It can be a bowl, a jar, whatever. I want you to go right after you watch this, and I want you to go put that jar out on the counter and another piece of paper and start counting your blessings now because that's how you let go of the past. You see, you let go of the past when you change the channel and you focus on what God has done for you instead of so much what people have done to you. That's the first thing. So the second thing I would like to say, well, let me just give you, let me just give you the main idea one more time because I don't want you to forget this. Remember what we said? It was this. To refuel spiritually, I have to replay God's promises daily. Did you hear that? One more time. I'm going to read it to you one more time. To refuel spiritually, I have to replay God's promises daily. I have to replay them daily. So that takes us to the second thing. The second thing I would like for you to remember is this, is replay God's promises for the future. Replay it in your mind. Now, again, we go back to the story here. The shepherds have come, and look what happened. Look what it says about Mary. Mary's, in Luke 2 and 18, it says this. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. What was she doing? She was replaying what had been said. Now, what had been said? Well, here's the next passage. This is just a reminder of what the shepherds said, and it was this. Luke 2 and 10 says this. But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So Mary, was, she kept that in her heart. When the shepherds were saying that, she remembered in her heart that this is what the promise was, is that this is God's Son. This is the Savior. And everybody else just heard that and got excited about it. But Mary replayed these thoughts over and over again, the promises about Jesus. And that was so important. Listen. Every day of Jesus' life that he lived after Christmas, we're talking about after Christmas now, after he's born, every day, Mary had to be reminded and had to replay the promises of God. You see, when Jesus was born, he was a human baby. And so in the middle of the night when he was sick and he was keeping him awake and he would not sleep, Mary, she was tempted to be frustrated just like you and I when our children were small, you know, and they would keep us up and we want to take them to a doctor or something. She had to, when he was keeping them up in the middle of the night, she had to remind herself, replay over and over the promise of God that this is God's child. She had to remind herself of that. Matter of fact, when, when, the, baby, uh, when the baby grew up 
And the family took a trip to worship God in Jerusalem. And Jesus was about 12 years old. And he went missing. And it took him a little while to find out where he was. And matter of fact, uh, and you know, Mary and Joseph had to remind themselves again. She had to replay the promises of God that this is the child of God. When, when, when Jesus was growing up in their home and Joseph died, and all of a sudden Mary is left there with the family business. Joseph was a carpenter, we know. And Jesus was the oldest, and he had to take over his father's business at a young age and help make a living for his mother. She, yes, she watched him work. She had to re, replay in her mind again the promises of Almighty God that even though right now it doesn't look like he's the Son of God, the Word of God and God Himself has spoken to me and said, This is the Son of God. She had to replay the promises of God for the future. When Jesus started His earthly ministry and He lived those three years doing miracles, she was reminded, This is the Son of God. But at the end of that three and a half years, when he would be crucified, and the crowds turned against him, and the people said, he doesn't deserve to live, kill him, crucify him, crucify him. As he hung up on the cross, Mary had to replay and remind herself, this is the child of God. She had to replay the promises of God. And on the third day, when Jesus got up out of that tomb and proved that he was the Son of God, she was reminded again of the promises of God. And listen, if you're going to live the life in 2016 to where you are spiritually focused and, and, and all the stuff that's going on around you is going to try to say that God is not real and that you know the world's out of, uh, out of order and bow this bad is going to happen, Inside of that, the way that you keep spiritually full is that you replay the promises of God daily. To refuel, we replay the promises of God daily. So I want to challenge you to do that. The Bible says this in Romans 2, and, uh, 8 and 28, it says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to his purpose. God's working for the good. That's what I want to remind you of right now. The reason that you want to replay the promises of God is because God is at work. You see, we have to rely on the promises of God when we don't see the hand of God. When it looks like things are going the opposite of the way he said. You know, Rhonda and I had... Uh, had dinner with a couple that we haven't seen in a, in, a, in a long time, probably 10 years or so. And we knew them then when their children were smaller and teenagers, and, and we were talking about our, our children, and, and they said, yeah, you know, we thought, uh, he's, the, the dad looked at me and said, you know what, I thought my son was going to end up in jail, surely. But then he began to talk about how that everything changed and he's doing really well now. You see, many of you sitting here today, 
right now in your present state, you're thinking that too. You're thinking, you know, my children are not going to turn out right because they're going through these struggles. My marriage is not going to turn out right because it's going through this struggle. My job's not going to turn out right because I'm going through this struggle. And you're thinking only in the moment. But I want you to know, when you replay the promises of God, you're replaying something that's going to happen that hasn't happened yet. And it is that faith that fuels our life spiritually. And gives us hope to go on and brings joy to our soul. Brings joy to our soul. Okay. We're going to move on, but before I do, I want to remind you of our main thought that I don't want you to forget. And that is this. Ready? It says this. To refuel spiritually, I have to replay God's promises daily. Matter of fact, why don't you read it with me? It's on the screen. Let's read it together again. You ready? To refuel spiritually... I have to replay God's promises, how? Daily, daily. Not once a week, not once a month, or once a year at Christmas, but daily I have to replay God's promises. Okay, that takes me to the third thing I'd like to share with you today. Now remember we're talking about how to stay spiritually focused in 2016. We've already said that we've got to, we've got to uh, let go of the pain of my past, and then we just said, you know what? We have to replay God's promises for the future. And the third thing is this, is that we have to express gratitude to God and others. We have to express gratitude daily to God and others. Daily. This is something that I want to share with you is that I think this something that we do unintentionally is that we forget to express gratitude to those around us and to God. I would say this, that we always, assume, maybe not always, but a lot of the time, we assume the people around us know how we feel about them. And I want to tell you something, that is one assumption you don't want to take. You should never, ever assume that the people know. As a pastor... I've done many funerals. And I see way too many people going up to a casket and saying to a loved one or a friend how much they meant to them. But it's a little too late. I'm telling you, in 2016, if you want to stay spiritually fueled and focused, Practice gratitude to God and the people around you, and it will fill your heart with gratitude and joy. You see, we don't have a problem expressing anger, do we? No, that just comes out. Matter of fact, in traffic, that comes out. Or let the kids do something wrong, or let our spouse do something wrong, or let our boyfriend or girlfriend do something wrong, let a teacher do something wrong. That comes up naturally, right? We don't have a problem with worry. That comes naturally. Uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have a problem with even just sometimes being happy, you know, laughing or whatever, sometimes that comes naturally. But gratitude is one of those emotions that is not natural. It doesn't just come out. It's something that we feel, but it's not something that we automatically express. And so we want to talk about that just a second. Matter of fact, let me read this passage to you. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16, it says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice what he said. Give thanks 
in all circumstances. Not for all, but in all. You hear that? Not for all, but in all circumstances. No matter what's going on to you in your life or what's happening to you, express gratitude to God that you're still here. And that you believe that He's still alive. He's, he's still God no matter what's going on. Express that gratitude. Now, here's what I want you to know. A thankful heart is a healing heart. If your heart has been broken and you've been hurt and you're saying, you know, am I ever going to get over this hurt or this pain? I want to say this. The number one remedy for that is, is becoming thankful. When you begin to express gratitude and thankfulness lives in your heart, it's amazing how that a thankful heart is a healing heart. It begins to heal the wounds. Gratitude and, and thankfulness. You know, I can personally attest to this. Rhonda and I have been married for over 28 and a half years. I know that's a long time, isn't it? And we've been married that long, and, 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 and you know, there's been times in our relationship, to be honest with you, that has been rocky at times. There's been times that were, you know what, and still we still have differences. I mean, that's just part of living together. You do have those. And, and there's times that in our relationship we have what we call discussions. Now, maybe you call them arguments or fights or whatever, but we call them discussions. And here's what I want you to know. Something has changed dramatically over the last three years in the, in the amount of discussions that we have to have. It's changed dramatically, and I, and I want to share it with you. Is about three years ago, someone shared with me, a guy that I was just talking to out of you know, just uh, casually met, and he just made this statement to me. He said, you know one thing I do, Jeff? He says, every night, my wife and I will pray together. He said, I will just reach over, and I will take her hand, and I will say a quick prayer for her, and uh, he says, she's welcome to do the same for me if she wants to, but she doesn't have to. And you know what? I said, okay, that sounds, you know, I should do that. So I went home and asked Rhonda about, you know, would she mind if I did that with her? And she said, yeah, as long as it's not 30 minutes, I don't care. And I want to tell you something, that prayer for her has turned into gratitude for her. And so every night, I reach over, and I'll take her hand, and, uh, and she'll hold my hand, and there I will pray a prayer of gratitude, just saying, God, thank you that Rhonda is a good person. God, thank you that she's a Christian person. God, thank you that she's a great wife, and God, thank you that she's a great mother, and God, thank you that she's a great partner in ministry and in life. And, and at the end of that, you know what? She's welcome to do the same with me, and she chooses to. And she will say something, and you want to talk about filling, filling me up, is that when she says, God, thank you that Jeff's a man of integrity. Thank you that I respect my husband, God. Thank you that he loves me. Thank you that he loves his children. Thank you, God, that he's a, he's a man that loves you. God, I thank you for Jeff. When she, every night we do that. You know what's happened? is the discussions part of, of our life has went down as gratitude has went up. We found a way, we found a, a mechanism to express gratitude to each other and to God, and we say it out loud to each other, and that has grown us together. And so I would challenge you. If, if, you're, if you're married, why don't you give it a shot? Matter of fact, 2016, why don't you give it a shot? If you have children, why don't you just... 
find a way every night, you know, if they're small, grab their hands and express gratitude to God for them. Instead of praying about their problems, why don't you thank God for them? Find a way to express gratitude. And you know, when you're praying, when you're saying it in a prayer, God's hearing you, but they're hearing you when you say it out loud. It's expressed. It's expressed. That's why the devil will do everything he can to stop you from doing it because he knows that your home will grow tighter, your hearts will grow tighter, and you'll become the couple that God's always intended you to be and you've always wanted to be if you will take this step. I challenge you today. There's two words that express gratitude more than anything else. The two words are thank you. Thank you. This is what you and I were taught from the time that we were small and we've taught our children. Matter of fact, you know, someone would uh, give uh, me something when I was a little boy. And before I could hardly even, you know, talk, my parents, I remember them say, saying, now what do you say? What do you say? And they say, thank you. Matter of fact, I've experienced this with people. I've watched, you know, I, I, Rhonda and I have given something to a child that was probably maybe a year old that could not even talk yet. And parents are saying, holding the baby's hand, saying, now what do you say? The baby can't talk. The baby can't say anything. The baby can't talk. But it's the, it's the number, it's the automatic response is that we say thank you. When someone does something good for you, say thank you. Here's what, here's what I want to tell you. Why don't in the morning when you wake up, why don't you just say to God, thank you for this day, God, if you're really thankful for it. Why don't, why don't you take the time to talk to your, your, your spouse and, and just say thank you for being a, a faithful husband. Why don't you say thank you for being a, a great mother? Why don't you say thank you, you know, for providing for us? Why don't you say thank, thank you for going to work every day? Why don't we learn, why don't you learn to say thank you? Thank you, God, and then thank you to your employer. Thank you to the people that work with you to make your job better. Expressing gratitude will change your attitude. Not only to other people, but inside of you. And you will walk in a spirit-focused life in 2016. So today I have a challenge for you. Here it is. Will you pick up the phone? And will you go call someone? And just say thank you? You know, every parent is wanting their child when they get grown, to say thank you, that you did good. Will you, will you maybe just pick up a notepad and maybe you write a letter to someone and, and you just say, I just want to say thank you for investing in my life. Will you? Maybe a thank you card just to say thank you. Stay spiritually focused in 2016. Why don't you start expressing gratitude to God and others? So remember what we said in the beginning. To refuel spiritually, I have to replay God's promises daily. I want to pray for you now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the hope that we have in you. No matter what's going on in the world right now, God, you are our hope. 
and you're in control. God, I ask you that you would let us, Lord, that you would help us, Father, to let go of the pain of our past, that we may, God, replay your promises for the future, and God, that we may express gratitude to you and others every day. I pray for this family. I pray for the individuals that are watching. And I ask you to bless them in this new year. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a happy new year, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at sccview.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link at the top of the web browser. And there's many ways that you can give there. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. It is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel. God bless you.